and welcome to Face Check. I'm Barry, and again, as ever, <laughs> I can't get rid of him. I've tried. Uh, hanging around like a zoo bat, it's Danny. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Uh, hello. Uh, I, I don't know what noises Zubat makes, so that kind of ruins that joke. So I'm just going to talk about it and pretend it was funny. Oh, lols. Hashtag. <laughs> this is a real laugh. Um, Guardians, it's a sincere laugh. Yes. That was it. Uh, when's Guardians 2 out? Any shenanigans um, going on there just at the moment? Anything you can give away? Uh, well, we're not working on that one. So oh. nothing I can say about that, sadly, oh. other than it's being worked on. I see, I see. It is, yeah. How is Tarzan? I've still not seen Tarzan. Um, Probably bad. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's good or bad, actually. Uh, Schrodinger's Tarzan. And then not that you're necessarily anything to do with uh, Suicide Squad, but when's that out? Uh, soon. Soon. Hashtag. And we are to do with that one, actually. Are you? All oh, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I saw, it's... I tried to win some tickets for Star Trek Beyond uh, for yesterday, but didn't, didn't win. Ah, uh, sadly. And then there were supposed to be free Magnums today for, like, Uber. Um, but then, obviously, the, the tragedy that was um, France over... Uh, the night before they cancelled it but I reckon that's just a scam to stop people getting magnums yeah yeah like yeah okay it's a day for reflection and whatever else but Mm. I don't see why bringing a little bit of happiness into it I'm sure there were people who could could have done with a free magnum today if if nothing else you know Uh, again so we've we've gone very political in our last couple of uh, (laughs) podcasts there Um, but yeah uh, we'll try and keep things a little more with a little more levity uh, but this is the sort of second part, or the, the sister episode. Maybe I'll do like 0.5, mix things up a little. Um, 0.5s are always just recap episodes, Barry. I'm not sure we should uh, all stop right, no, that. All right, this is brand new one then. So this time we'll go over some of the changes and, and fundamental changes to the, the tournament structure for, for competitive players and the uh, the most wanted list update, which people have been both crying for and crying about <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for quite some time. So this is a new uh, new version of the tournament rules, effective come 1st of August. Is that the, the start? Yep, it's in America. It's in America dates. It's <laughs> not effective 8th of January. Yeah, this has been in effect for months now. I don't know what people have been playing <laughs> yeah. at. Um, crazy Americans. Why, why do Americans do that? Don't, don't, let's not start anything else. <laughs> uh, because they feel like it. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it's the 8th of month. They're just not kind of going in. They're not. They're not really zooming out in the same way that uh, the British style does. Like I wouldn't mind if they did the whole thing backwards. Like what's more, in in the grand scheme of things, what's most important? Probably the year, and then the month, and then the day. Hmm. Like you look back, you know, oh, when did that happen? Oh, it was twenty sixteen. Thumbs time. You know, people aren't going. Oh, it was Tuesday, or it was the third. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think we should just all adopt the the Unix timestamp, and that will just make things you know perfectly clear and precise for everyone. Ah, okay. I'm up for it. <laughs> what about the the thing you know where we'll digitize time or decimalize time? Um, well, <laughs> let's just change everything. You know, throw yeah. the throw the baby out with the bathwater. If we're changing it in America, let's just change it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I put I prefer octal time actually, but you know. Oh, what's that? I don't know. Eight. Yeah, but how does that work? I don't are you, know. Are you effectively just getting three hours for every hour? 
Uh, I don't know, Barry. I was just trying to be facetious. <laughs> well, you've succeeded. Hooray! Uh, okay, it's done. <laughs> right. Anyway, <laughs> back to the task in hand. Uh, let's go through the uh, some of these changes and some some of the additions and, and uh, what's what, and then we'll get into the meat of it, which is the the most wanted list changes and how that's going to affect how people play. Mm-hmm. So. Um, couple of clarifications in what is and isn't tournament legal and, and not in terms of deck building but actually what your cards look like so previously they introduced that you had to have you had to have sleeves and they have to be opaque um or, or art sleeves uh but now they're talking about lost and damaged cards so um what exactly what's different here or what are they wanting standardized uh, in their tournaments that this covers. Uh, so this is going. So I mean, it's a very common occurrence in a tournament. Uh, you'll uh, and sadly, it's been the cause of a few game losses at recent tournaments I've been to. The classic, whoops, didn't didn't pick up all of my agendas. My deck is now illegal. Uh, it's a game loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally, you should really be checking your deck before, and and this isn't going to do anything about that. Because it's if you discover at the start of the round you're missing a card, then you uh, notify a leader, obviously one of the judges or organisers or you know, the various different uh, officials on the tournament, and then they'll give you a, a brief time extension just so you can try and either find that card or a replacement. Um, if you can't find the replacement within the time, then you will have to concede for that deck's game. Uh, yeah. But you can still play the other deck that's legal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, however, if you can't find a replacement for the start of the next round, then you will be disqualified from the tournament. DQ. Yeah, uh, that's a very common thing. So, uh, would you do you have any tips for checking you've got all your cards? Just uh, bef- as you sit down to shuffle, just do a quick pile shuffle. Um, you know, if you're playing a seven. A seven-card deck, you're cheating, definitely. <laughs> Playing a 49-card deck, you know, that's uh, seven piles of seven. It's a really, you know, don't don't use pile shuffling as your actual shuffle because you're not randomizing, but just do a, a quick once through, make sure you've got all the cards there, and then do your, your normal mashing or riffling or whatever shuffling you choose to do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I do piles of six. Um, that way, you know, you end on a a three as the as the runner usually with 45 cards or you end on a, a one with the corp um uh, you get very used to it yeah and you, you'll know yourself as soon as you've done it wait a minute i've not got a card here or I've maybe you've miscounted or whatever go through it again but uh yeah definitely check that you've got all your cards at the start of a game at least yeah um and then yeah as you're just standardizing it you know there's no difference between the game loss and um, what you have to do here, which is concede, if you discover yep. that you're missing it during the game, uh, but it does just mean that as a TO, you know, the, there's no grounds for dispute uh, as a player. This, this is what happens if you don't have the the cards. Yeah, uh, and then they've also tried to make you buy more of their stuff. Oh no, wait, no, no, no. Just, <laughs> just clarify what you can and can't use. Uh, legal products. Um, so everybody's got their own. Tokens, everybody's got their own... Well, what else can you have, really? It's about it. 
<laughs> yeah, tokens. tokens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but well, nobody... you've got your alternate art uh, cards, the promos from other tournaments, that kind of thing. They are legal. Um, the official alternate arts, yes. 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 Um, so, in general, you can use third-party components, or you can only use third-party components. Um, no, right, let me take that back. Right, you can only use official components, with the exception of third-party tokens that do not obscure card information. What has that been a problem in? Like, I've not. I... I'll tell you what is. In fact, it shouldn't even just be third-party tokens, but tokens that obscure card information. So putting your credits on your ID, stop that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if nothing needs, else. You yeah. know, it is open information. It should be visible at a glance to both players. Um, now, both, I think, uh, Ian Reid and Ben Nee uh, use poker chips as tokens, which just yep. covers up everything. Uh, but then again, they can just put it on the art. You know, well, I mean... I've I've not played Ben using them, but I've seen it. You know, they they don't really. I've not seen them covering them up with those tokens. It's more just a case of their. If if you have a problem with those, it's more a case of it's oh well, yellows one credit, blues three. It's like no 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 no. Come on, I don't need to have to remember your color counting Choice. association yep, system. Totally agree. Just, like I've got. Just write on the what it is if you're going to use that. <laughs> well, all my uh, poker chips are actually numbered, so I could use those. Yeah, that would be fine. This is a hundred. <laughs> yeah, and you know the the other tokens which can be awkward for that are the broken egg tokens, those big oh, plastic strips, where it's just so hard to see a see the numbers on them. And also, they're double-sided with different values on each side, so you can't even base it on the colour. I've, I've, Is that a fact? Uh, I'm pretty sure, or maybe I just saw the number upside down, and so it was, you know... Maybe you saw I, like it, a 2-5 or a 5 I, I think I think that was it. I thought, I thought they had two credits. It was actually a 5, and it was... Yeah, I, I miss... miss yeah, misread I the, are, the game state. They are translucent or transparent, and you can't see... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess if you're just trying to see across the table, uh, I yeah. hate the broken egg tokens with a passion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what this doesn't cover is anything about dice. Um, I presume dice is still okay. They're not technically tokens, but I guess yeah. they're used for tokens. I think uh, what does it say? It doesn't really say anything about it. However, you know, uh, at the end of the day, the the final decision comes down to the judge. Yeah. Uh, if you if you have a problem with your opponent's uh, choice of token, then you you know if it's not a official, you know, if it's the official cardboard tokens that come with the game, then you know they're obviously legal. Yeah. If if you are having problems with another choice of token, then. Yeah, mention it to your opponent and also call the judge for their ruling. Yeah, I think you know tokens that do not obscure any information, let alone on the card. Like uh, yeah, the tokens whatever tokens are hard to. Yeah, whatever tokens that's used, it should be clear. I mean, so I, I do kind of flip between tokens and dice. However, when I am using dice, they're always d sixes. They're a decent size. They're clear, and I keep them as close to multiples of five as well, just so. It's easy to see at a glance, that kind of thing. You know, you see people with either tiny dice or they're all 
different faces it takes a long time to work out what they are mm-hmm. and obviously the worst thing is people using d20s especially d20s which aren't uh the spin down variant and then trying to find well, so you're you're a trying to find it and be the slightest knock and that's going to roll over and yeah you know, lose what the actual value was I think going back to legal products and the, the, our previous point about the lost cards, actually, what we said, if you can't get a replacement, um, you'd end up DQ'd. Uh, you're allowed to proxy in that situation. Uh, I'm not sure it's... Uh, no, so the proxy is for if the card becomes damaged, whereas if the card's lost entirely... So so you see, in the first yeah, section, yeah. we're talking lost. If you can't find a replacement, concede... If they can't find a replacement by the start of the next round, then remove from the tournament. However, if you still have the card, it's just become damaged, then you have the same opportunity to find a replacement. But if you can't, it gets proxied rather than uh, being DQ'd. I follow, because, I mean, anything could happen to your cards, I guess. You know, we play in the pub often enough. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, a spilt pint and suddenly you can't use your cards. Uh, or, you know, maybe one's uh, unusable. Uh, and you can proxy those. So that kind of makes sense. And then they've got some clarification. Now, you've never been allowed to take notes in Netrunner. You can't write down, oh, yeah, that's a psychic field in there. I'm not going to run there again. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to remember. And if you make that mistake, don't. <laughs> yep. Um, however, just clarifying that you can ask any question of a, a TO, and uh, they can they can answer. Um, yes. Yeah, so 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 the actual official rule material is allowed. You know, you you are allowed to look up what is the actual official rules for this time or that. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, you can you can take the FAQ in. Yes. Uh, and look at that yourself. That is fine. Yes, including the uh, <laughs> always useful, especially if you are a newer player, the the timing structure charts. Yeah, and indeed, I would encourage anybody that's not. You know, bang on with it. Just have it handy. Print off a small copy. Uh, there's a lot of ones on on Board Game Geek, and you can just have that yep. uh, beside you, and then you just know exactly when when your triggers are. Certainly, if you're trying you to mean, do something clever. <laughs> you mean you haven't had it tattooed on your forearm? Well, just as well not with all the changes from <laughs> <Indeed. laughs> the, the, the last FAQ. So then, in tournament play, and something we'll kind of come on to, but uh, yeah, I'm going to skip over the the wording of the buy and how many points you get for that and then go straight into tournament rim times. Now, a couple of fixed changes here, I guess. Uh, I don't mean fixed as in they were broken before, but previously there was a little bit of leeway on uh, what you can and can't do, uh, specifically surrounding the timing of the finals. But Mm -hmm. now, tournament round time, uh, very much set. Swift rounds, 65 minutes each. That was generally always the number you aimed for. Uh, The cut or the the double elimination rooms there except for the finals get 40 minutes each and then the finals get 60 minutes now do you feel that that is enough time or not enough time it's more time right for the double 11 it used to be 35 minutes. yeah so it was 35 in the double uh elimination so that's you know slightly better um and a lot of people played the finals untimed but uh, was it all the finals, or was it only the grand final that was untimed in terms of it being the kind of the second final uh, game? Again, it was a little more left up to the TO and the the shop as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but here, you know, it's definitely putting a a hard time limit on it. 
Uh, now, in non-premier play, I guess there's still the option to to do what you want kind of thing and, and play with those times a bit. Um, yeah. But then we'll maybe get on to, to exactly what your options are. Uh, but yes, all games within the finals now are 60 minutes. Yeah. And then uh, game points. So this is one of the, the biggest changes, uh, I guess, to how tournaments have been run and scored and uh, since the game began. Um, actually, no, that's not true. I mean, tournaments worked very differently very early on, and then they've been worth two points for a win for a very long time. Uh, yep. But now a game win is worth three tournament points. So what's that yep. uh, kind of added uh, point done i think this is really as i see it it's more not so much changing it for the game win but it's adding the spread so now a modified win gives you more points than a draw would yeah um so it kind of gives you something to play for now one of the early on in netrunner's life uh tournament play would be first person to seven and they'd get 10 points, another person get number of points equal to the agendas he scored or stolen, right? Mm-hmm. And then previously, as soon as somebody, as soon as you played a second game and uh, the other side got to more than you'd scored on your turn, that was the game over. There was no point playing any further. There was literally no way you could win. Right. Uh, so this, again, goes further along the lines of encouraging people to play and giving people a reason to play and to, to win. Prior to this, Playing for a draw, if you, if you weren't going to win, trying to play for a draw gave your opponent the extra strength of schedule. You know, there was no point in uh, beating them with a modified game win because you'd get a point and they get no points. Whereas right. using the this system now, you're going to get two points, which is better ah. than giving your opponent one point by playing for the draw. So I encourage yep. you to always be trying to win, uh, I think. Yep. Uh, now, there's nothing for intentional draws, um, which I still think make okay sense in Netrunner. You're, you're both going to get three points, so instead of both getting two oh, points. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they still give the full full points. Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant something different by make, them making okay sense. Uh, no, they make sense in, uh, for Netrunner and Star Wars. They don't make any sense for X-Wing, uh, and I believe they've been removed now. They don't make any sense for Game of Thrones or Conquest. Um, right. Just because games never or, or very, very rarely end in a draw for those games, uh, whereas they very often end in a draw for, for both Star Wars and Netrunner because you're playing two halves. Yeah. So, yeah, it does nothing. And so, intentional splitting or intentional drawing is still there. But again, all the, the prerequisites of having the TO present to do it uh, all still apply. Uh, and then no changes to the the cut uh, and the this number of swish rounds. So I'm still not overly happy with where they've gone with that. You know, I still think it's too few. Um, yeah. I mean, how how you felt sort of the last eight months of tournaments have been? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but beyond the the level of competition, the actual format, and uh, you know. Um. Uh, I. I don't know, I mean, really, because I've I've never really, on the larger scales, um, 
especially later in the year, not really been challenging for the higher spots. So it's kind of I've kind of been happy to be finishing when we did before. You know, that it became too much of a drag with you know in terms of just sheer fatigue levels, uh, knowing that I'm not actually threatening to make any of the kind of the elimination phases. So I've not. I've honestly not minded the number of Swiss rounds myself too much, although I do still think it um, it becomes very quickly clear whether you're challenging for this uh, this level or not. Yeah, uh, I mean, to my mind, it's it's generally uh, you know one round of Swiss too few and possibly too many people in the cup. But um, it's not changing, so they're obviously happy enough with it, and that is keeping going. So, so you think it's too many people in the cut? Uh, it can be. I mean, uh, certainly something like uh, Imperial Assault at regionals. Uh, we had 16 players, and the top eight made the cut. Yeah, uh, and I suppose, yeah, on the, on the lower player levels, I mean, I, I played in a, a game night kit with nine players, which then had a cut top four. Exactly. Uh, yeah, which was quite... Well, I'm not complaining because I finished fourth and then won out through the cut. So, yes, it's always <laughs> it's the best idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so at the very bottom end of the, the, the player brackets, it tends to be the, the cut's too big. What you should do is have one more round of Swiss and then the, the smaller cut. So I think there's definitely room for, for playing around there and uh, improving the, yeah. the format as such. So then we get on to what is potentially the more exciting part, um, although you know those tournament changes aren't insignificant, and that is an updated most wanted list. So when was the the last most wanted list printed, or the first most wanted list printed? Uh, it was um, well back in back in uh, well it was January the first, wasn't it? Um, it was certainly back around Christmas time. Yeah, that rings a bell. Probably the last time we put out a podcast, to be honest. Um, <laughs> then, yeah, so that changes, changed everything. And then people have been crying ever since. So, oh, no, you got the wrong cards, whatever else. So let's look at what is there and what has been taken off. So do you want to start with the, the runner side or the corp side? Um, let's start with the runner because it's the first one on the printed sheet. Mm-hmm. So what's come off? Nothing. Okay, that's easy. What's been added? Uh, so we've added David, or D4V1D, to give it its actual name, <laughs> uh, Faust, and Wildside. Uh, all the, the... I mean, these are all weak cards, right? Nobody was playing these. Dreadful. Dreadful. Don't know why you, you're bothered. They're just, you know, I'm Wildside, you lose a click. You know? <laughs> it's awful. Um, First, you've got to get rid of cards from your hand, you know. They're my, my children. I need to play those. Okay, so people have been crying about all three of these cards and, and ruining uh, Anarch. Now, it's worth noting that still on there is Parasite and uh, Yogg, uh, also out of Anarch. So that is now one, two, three, four, five Anarch cards out of nine, ten. Um, a lot of problems in Anarch. So, yeah, there, there are, what? Five, five out of ten, is it? Or five out of nine? Um, now that's still a very small percentage of cards on the most wanted list, right? So let's mm-hmm. let's not say that it's the end of the world as is. Why did David make it on here? 
because it's really good and it somewhat invalidates uh, a lot of the higher strength ice. It was just very easy to get through it and the limitation of David with its uh, power counters was lessened by the fact that you would often be either having ways to refresh it through clone chips or simply only using it if you're, for example, making a cutlery run uh, and therefore that big ice would be going away after this spendage. Yeah, and then it's no longer, you don't need the tokens anymore. Indeed. Uh, yeah, so yeah, just made a mockery <laughs> of all those credits that you spent. Uh, the runner would have three, uh, you know, scavenge, even with phone chip being on there, or, or levies, um, you were able to, to get enough of them that the limitation was not a, a defining factor for the card, or as much as they, they may have thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So then you're looking for ice at the sweet spot of four strength and lots of subs, uh, because the next card just got through everything else as well. So Faust. Um, now, people have decried Faust for, you know, the sky is falling uh, mm-hmm. for that card in particular. Do you think this should be on here? Yes, I think so. I think it's uh, far and away um, the most powerful AI breaker, uh, if not breaker in the game. So, it, you know, most other AI breakers have a significant or interesting drawback. So you're looking at things like Crypsis, you know, you've got to keep it topped up with virus counters or it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atman is fantastic, but it only works exactly at that strength. Um, the, probably the, the big AI breaker, certainly in Anarch before Faust, was Eater, and that has, you know, you can't access any cards, so you have to combo it with the replacement effects. Um, whereas Faust, you know, you're you're just kind of pitching cards from your hand, sure, but you're probably, you know, you have the choice of getting rid of, well, I don't need this duplicate copy of Wildside, so I'll use that. And in that's also meaning you're having to focus less on your own economy um, because you're not spending money to break ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Uh, so we have just a, a very, very quick rundown of uh, AI cards, and I'll remind you of them uh, kind of as we go. Because I think you're right, you hit the nail on the head, that the drawback of AIs is where the... Uh, the uh, what, what, what's the word I'm after? You know, the power of AIs should be limited by the, the drawbacks, uh, and Faust's drawback was kind of misjudged a little, I think, in terms of um, how bad it was going to be for, for the runner. Yeah. So uh, you've got the new Diva program, so that's uh, Agora, Brahman, Sa- is that Sajajata, or is it Vama Diva? Uh, Vama Diva, I believe. In fact, it's not, it's not Brahman, it's the... Uh, no, because Brahman's one. the... Yeah, yeah that, uh, so, it's so it is. Sajajata and Vama Diva. Uh, yeah. So they all break like certain things. And if yeah. you do want to swap them out, yeah, you can, and that's pretty powerful, but it costs you money. Um, yep. uh, and that will eventually deplete your, your resources. Uh, you got Alpha-Omega combo. Uh, and actually, I was playing against somebody on Genteki the other day that was using Alpha-Omega, and it wasn't that bad. <laughs> if it wasn't so expensive to install. Yeah. Um, and that's where it is. So Alpha only breaks the first bit, um, or outermost, and uh, Omega only breaks the innermost. Anything in between, they can't bust. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like you said, fixed strength. Uh, so you can play around that by putting different things down. And then Brahmin forces you to return cards to hand. But it is, you know, the 2MU still costs money. I think Brahmin's good, but nobody's really been using it too much. Uh, I, I think maybe there's some opportunities there for it to to make a bit of a comeback. Yeah. Well, not a comeback. I mean, it's not been out long enough. For... <laughs> no, no, it, it was never there to begin with. Uh, yeah, time, time for it to uh, be quite strong. It's, it's time will come. Yeah, exactly. Crypsis, you mentioned, yeah, keep it topped up. Plus, it's expensive to put in. Darwin, uh, again, well, one, it's expensive to use. And two, there's a limited way of, of bringing its strength up. And it's also vulnerable to purges. Uh, yeah, and then you have to start again. Uh, Eater, like say, can't access cards. Knight only works on one bit of ice. Uh, Overmind, the tokens on Overmind run out very, very quickly, unlike David for some reason. Uh, and it costs money. Uh, and yep. then you just left with Worm. Yeah, you, you know what Worm does. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been thinking about Worm, but we'll come on to uh, <laughs> the new pack in a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like everything else is a big drawback, but Faust, you can spend cards that you can't do anything else with to bust ice. And you can yep. recycle those and you can get cards easily. Uh, so yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, a slightly misjudged AI and costing the extra influence. Well, it's still playable out of Anarch, I guess, but without the support cards of David, uh, which get yeah. you through the, the troublesome bits. And similarly, like you say, Wildside now, you've not got the card draw, shouldn't be quite mm-hmm. so so bad. Uh, and then Wildside, you feel like Wildside was corset card. Uh, you know, nobody was complaining about it until Faust. Um, do you think this deserves to be on the list? I think on its on it as a card itself, I think Wildside is fine. You know, it's like you say, it's been around since the core set. It's got the classic Anarch to me thing of it'll do something well, but so you know, it's giving you ah, you're drawing two cards but it's costing you that click, and it's not optional. So, you know, it was like the old noise decks where you'd have the pawn shop. It's like, oh, I'm getting a bit low on cards. I'm going to sell the wild side now. You know, that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, now I'm a bit set up. It's powered me through that. Let's We can get rid of it. Uh, it's really shot to power since the release of Adjusted Chronotype mm-hmm. because that just gets rid of the drawback. So it's now, I'll have two cards for free. Yeah, thanks. Cha-ching. And I can throw them away to Faust. Yeah. So I'm not sure Wildside itself was a problem. Maybe Chronotype. But then again, Chronotype's only really a problem with Wildside. So I can see why it's there. Yeah. Whether it needs to be here... Uh, I may, maybe not, but it is certainly a very powerful engine when you have Chronotype, and Chronotype in its own, I don't think, deserves it. Uh, no, I mean, there's very few other things that really triggers off. Um, yeah. yeah, hard at work. Well, again, nobody's nobody's playing that. Yeah. Um, what else makes you lose a click at start of turn game day? No, beach party. Beach party. Um, yeah. Which you'd only ever use if you've also got game day. Um, yeah. And anything else? Like, you run into an Enigma or something? Something that makes you lose a click? Yeah, so that kind of thing. Or. False lead. 
Hmm. You'd only lose one click. I see. Yeah, that could work. Although, because lots of people play False Lead at the moment. Well, False Lead's in a fair number of Argus decks at the moment. Um. Yeah, that's what I know. It always again, used what, to be. What percentage is <laughs> playing Argus? And, you know. yeah. uh, yes, okay. You're, you're not going to run into too many of them in the tournament setting. Uh, but yeah, so, I, I mean, that's... What's a normal wizard deck? Uh, you know, how much influence are they now going to have to try and dig out to, to play these cards? Yeah. Um, you, it effectively... Um, they effectively can't play the clone chips anymore. Yeah. Um... So you're looking, because they're looking at, they would have had three wild side, one or two David, and two or three Faust. So that's, you know, you're looking, they're losing six or seven influence from this. Yeah. So, but like I say, you know, two clone chips. Yeah. Boom. Uh, and they still probably got one levy. Um, so they're they're getting through it twice. Yeah. So, well, we'll wait and see. I mean, I think you can still build around it, but yeah, I'll just maybe slow it down a little. So, yeah. uh, mix things up a bit. Mm-hmm. And then, what have we got on the corpse side? Now, we mentioned in the last podcast, Astro Script is no longer on the list. Yeah, indeed. Because... So, <laughs> because you can only have one of them, so that would be a, maybe, well, maybe too harsh. Although, Astro is really good. <laughs> very good uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but what has gone on it instead oh, has anything else come off don't believe so uh, nope and so nope. what's been added to it so instead of your astros on the uh, list you have instead breaking news and <laughs> wah, wah. yeah so yeah they're keeping in the, the effective Jackson tax uh, and also added is Mumba Temple uh, so, again, Mumba Temple and Museum of History, they are two fairly new cards from the, the Mumbad cycle. Yeah, let's talk about them one-on-one. So, again, another core set cards made it onto here with, with breaking news. And, again, hurting MBN, and MBN Fast Advance in particular. Is it breaking news that's the problem? Or is it what uh, it combos with? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, the breaking news really has shot up. Well, I'm not sure that it's shot up, but is a new highly powerful combo come along uh, in the form of the the breaking news into exchange of information to take back that uh, food that you fed the runner earlier in the game. You know, he's like, no, no, stop eating. This is (laughs) coming back here. Yeah, a pretty big two-point swing, uh, which is the same as scoring an Arsenal script, and you can kind of do that from hand as well. Yeah. Yeah, so exchange of information obviously lets you Change one of the runner's sco- stolen agendas for one of your scored ones, which will be the breaking news that you just scored because it's worth one, whereas yep. if it's worth three. Yeah, and also importantly, if you exchange information a breaking news, those two tags will stick around. Like, it's just so good in Spark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's so good in anything, but... It's, it's, yeah, there, there's a lot of fun things to do with tags these days. So I, I posted a video uh, on the uh, FaceCheck YouTube channel, check it out, of the, the sort of Spark deck that I'd been playing with, and, and the only thing I'd really changed was to put in exchange of informations, uh, and it was brilliant. And then this new Most Wanted list came along, and I took out the Astro, mm-hmm. actually put in an extra breaking news, 
<laughs> um, no, that's not true. I swapped out the Astro for a Beal. Right. Had to take the Ash out uh, and okay. then instead put in a Chrissium grid. And like the deck's still good. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to win any tournaments yet, but it's, it's a good deck and it's really annoying for people. So uh, yeah, and it's all enabled by this breaking news exchange of information combo, where suddenly it just makes sense to either try and score out a, a global food, or let them steal it. Yeah, fine with either. Um, mm-hmm. But again, this is the case. You know, was breaking news the problem? Should that have been on without exchange of information, or is it that combo? Um. Well, so yeah, the I mean, the big combo is very strong. However, exchange of information is still a very new card. And additionally, even if there are MBA index which haven't started using the exchange of information food combo, uh, pretty much every NBN deck you can expect to have at least two breaking news. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I touched on earlier, this kind of adds in that little um, little bit of an influence tax onto NBN that they historically didn't have because they have Jackson Howard in faction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Uh, yeah, getting that seventh point uh, and being able to score it from hand without any other fast advanced tricks uh, is, is very, very good. And then Mumba Temple. Now, eh. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I can kind of see why they did it. You know, it's just free money, almost. Yeah. And not it, it's free money which isn't really vulnerable to econ denial strategies. You know, things like you get siphoned, well, you've still got... If they don't come and trash these, then you've still got those credits, so you can still be, you know, resing ice, even if you're low on real money. Yeah, quite a new card. It was broken as well, you know, in the like you say the prison decks for uh, IG and uh, Hot Tub Gagarin and mm-hmm. um, anything that went sort of horizontal, you know, near Earth Hub decks as well. They they liked them. What other kind of archetypes would would throw a Mumba Temple in? Um, well, those were the real main ones. So with the uh, yeah the the very asset heavy decks out of IG Gagarin and. Uh, Near Earth Hub. I'm not really sure I saw them in too many other styles because obviously there is the uh, the deck building restriction um, whereby you're limited in the number of ice you mm-hmm. can uh, put in the deck. So most other uh, styles do want to have more than 15 uh, pieces of ice in their deck. Yep. I mean, do you think that could have been fixed by saying perhaps more than 12, just reducing the, the bit of ice? Because it is a heavy influence tax otherwise. Uh, possibly, but I feel that trying things through the most wanted list is probably preferable before you go in for the full errata. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I just meant, again, during testing. (laughs) Uh, Oh, well. Mm, Yeah, possibly. Could somebody have suggested a lower influence limit? Um, uh, Not an influence limit, a lower uh, ice limit. Uh, so that's it. There's no- nothing else being added to the corp list, is there? No, just those two. Um, now, the interesting thing about the most wanted list is an identity's printed influence limit cannot be reduced below one. Um, can you can you build an Anarch deck 
<laughs> using all those Anarch cards on the most wanted list and kind of get around it. Probably not. Well, so so you. Well, let's say I mean you could in theory you could get. Um, yeah. No, you couldn't really. What what's the lowest influence Anarch? Um, they don't yet have a twelve, so um, twelve or ten. So yeah, so, so recently spoiled. So uh, I mean, you can fit all these cards in. You could have three Davids. You could have three Fausts. You could have three Parasites. You could have three Wildsides. You could have three Yogs. They'd have no influence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're never going to play that deck anyway. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you can still fit everything in, and still have a couple influence to play around with. So. Yeah. Let's see what it does to them, or, or whether it slows them down uh, mm. significantly. Now, I saw on uh, A&R Bad Pub, I don't, I don't know if you've seen that, but they had a discussion uh, just this week about uh, whether or not 15 influence was too much, like whether that's uh, too high a base level, and whether a lot of these sort of issues could have been uh, avoided or, or played around had the base level been 12 or, or potentially even you know 10 for, for, for some runners. Um, how do you feel about that as a, an overall sort of sweeping change? Um, it's an interesting proposition, though I do feel that, well, I, theoretically, the, the influence system is so you can have, you know, some variation, some you know, personalization of what you do with one of the, say, the more core shells, if you know, if you really are restricted to, you know, looking at nowadays with you know a twelve, um, definitely out of Anarch now, and well, yeah, it's only really out of Anarch that a twelve influence runner. If you're building the the classic, well, say the Faust shell now, you're are not going to have any real influence and any yeah. that you do have left is going to be pretty much predetermined it's going to be a levy or a clone chip or something like that you know there's mm -hmm. not really going to be any interesting splashes uh with that level you're just going to pick the stuff that you actually need in order to function yeah I think I've not actually listened to it yet or watched them because it's on YouTube I think early on you know the game benefited very much from being able to pull all these different parts in uh, mm. but now you know everybody's evened out to a degree uh, they don't quite need the influence and that's where some of these more perhaps degenerate uh, builds have come in they no longer need to import a certain aspect of, of another faction into theirs and uh, you know they can pull in some more degenerate combos mm -hmm. uh, so yeah it was fairly interesting uh, overall, but um, like I said, I'm not I'm not watched it yet. If you get a chance, go over to YouTube, A and R Bad Pub, and uh, give their video a a watch. Um, so, is this going to directly create any new archetypes, or is it going to? Uh, well, we've, we've discussed that it's killing mostly the the wizard builds or, or the the new anarch builds at least. What do you think is going to spring up in its place? I think the hits to Astro is going to slow down the average corp speed quite mm -hmm. a bit. Mm -hmm. So we're going to probably see more runners that are somewhat teched against the the glacier. So I think I think really this leaves the uh, Palana glacier 
billed as you know the real dominant um, corporation deck. Yes. So I, I mean, it's been doing. It's not been. It's been winning. It's been, but not to the extent of the NBNs or the industrial genomics and Gagarin's. Um, but I think it's rel- Well, it's entirely untouched by the updates to the uh, the most wanted list and the Oata. So I think that's kind of going to be the the top corp deck for the time being obviously i'm I'm sure people will come up with something new mm-hmm. uh some variants you know we we'll, might see uh, a return of um uh, a rush deck uh if there's going to be less faust which you know just doesn't care about what type uh of ice you're playing as long as it's not swordsman or turing then you know if if gear checks matter again then Rush can do something. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rush is still all right, I guess, but you know, I feel SMC and maybe to a lesser degree Artist Colony and stuff have uh, make make that still very difficult, Faust or no. But yes, it'll be a smaller percentage of the fields that you'll be up against that have it, and uh, yeah, the more more opportunity for a little bit of growth there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to to kind of see what what comes up and what comes out, I guess. Um, certainly the, the new MBN ID, which we'll cover probably in another episode at this point. Yeah. Uh, is a different play style that may see people moving a little bit away from Near Earth Hub, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, drawing cards is pretty good, Barry. That's very true, yeah. Uh, but landing traces, I don't mind that either. All right, cool. So that is pretty much everything. I think we'll, we'll wrap this one up uh, here as well. Yep. When do you think the next most wanted list is going to to drop? At a guess, in you know, based on the way these have been going, possibly at the end of the whatever this new cycle's called. Uh, Flashpoint. Uh, Flashpoint cycle. So yeah, uh, possibly, you know, maybe around six months from now. Yeah. Um, would you like them to update it more regularly? I. I'm okay with it as it is, you know, I think it's quite clear that, well, I don't know if it's quite clear, it certainly appears to me from what I've seen that uh, they're currently balancing the cycles as a whole, so, you know, I think if they're also including the, the, the most wanted updates based on the entirety of a cycle, then I, I think it's okay. Uh, to keep it at this kind of this pace uh, if nothing else it saves you from constantly having to mentally adjust for the latest changes to it especially if things start coming off it and bouncing around you know that's it, it's quite taxing and it's hard to keep up with yeah uh, I, mean, I yeah. think you know they've generally said they don't want to make changes less than six months in uh, for new cards, at least, however, I feel if there are combos that come out uh, in conjunction with old cards, that perhaps they could update maybe every quarter um, with things then. So a very different conversation than last time when, oh, should they have this? Now it's more like, mm. now if, they, if they're going to have it, maybe they could keep on top of it. Um, yeah. A, a lot more closely. But um, 
yeah, done and done. So that's that. Uh, remember that comes into effect from the beginning of August. So any tournaments or game night kits you're going to uh, bear in mind that those cards do take up additional influence or do reduce your available influence. Um, the actual tournament uh, rules themselves don't change too much, so it'll be the same netrunner you play and love. All right, any final thoughts on those changes? Uh, overall, I think it's uh, it's positive. You know, it's reigning back in the uh, a couple of the really powerful ubiquitous decks that you know we're seeing to the exclusion of anything else so if it leads to more diverse fields i think that's uh, that's going to be good yeah personally feel maybe anarch may have taken a bit too much of a hit um I and mean, i certainly agree with faust and wildside on there but if that's shifting back to a more kind of regular breaker style which i do personally really enjoy playing losing or you know maybe not losing but being restricted in the david as well you know they Anarchs do historically struggle with the higher strength ice so you know if they, if they're locked out of data suckers and such to bring things back into range for the mimics and so forth so that might be a little bit excessive yeah but yeah, we'll we'll see how we'll see comes how things there. shake out, and they have been pretty pretty strong for the entire year. So you know, <laughs> yeah. won't be so much of a bad thing. Yeah. Criminal make a comeback. Spying on your R and Ds. I said we've got about a month until UK nationals, so I think that will be the the real test. Everybody will be frantically uh, playing around with decks now and doing the the gauntlets based on this new list and uh, the the couple mm -hmm. of packs that will be out before them. Um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what the the dominant decks are, and I feel uh, is it, I think UK Nationals may be the first sort of bigish tournament um, after this hits. When's Gen Con? I, I think is that Beat Con? I think Gen Con happening just now. No, I don't know. I don't really keep up with these kind of things. <laughs> uh, our friends across the water. But, um, well, I mean, definitely the, I believe the American Nationals has already happened because they had that at Origins yeah. instead. That's it. So it's Origins or Gen Con that uh, tend to be the big ones. Uh, so actually, no, uh, Gen Con will beat us there. So August 4th to 7th, that's the week before the UK Nationals. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. And maybe we can, I'll get myself a halfway decent runner deck if uh, <laughs> something <laughs> new comes out. Um, but cool. Um, just have to wait and see how it goes. But until next time, this is Face Check, jacking out. Draw.